And hello, hello, welcome to the Gay Racing Podcast once again. Um, I'm Zach here, of course. Um, I'm Alex. And we have a guest today, Mark Wiley. You've probably seen him on Twitter. I said your name right, right? You, I, yeah, you did. I'm actually pretty proud. Okay. Most people don't. Because I was like, it's not Mark Willie. That, that sounds dumb as hell. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's usually how it comes out first, and then I have to correct this. So oh, no. That was, that was good. I'm, I'm proud of you. Because you're like Dr. Wiley from like Mega Man, I guess. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Um, that's true. But yeah, um, so I wanted to talk about. Um, well, oh, shit. I forgot to go over t- pronouns and Twitter. Well, you know me and Alex, um, Mark, if you wanted to say your pronouns and or your Twitter. Yep, so I am at Clutch and Coast, um, pronouns are he, him, um, I'm just a straight dude. Yeah, first straight nothing, dude nothing... on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I was like, it's it kind of like a, it's a little bit of a dubious honor, but not, not in the way that uh, you might expect, but no, 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 it's, it's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have um, immense respect for you guys. It was really cool to see you start the podcast just to represent the, you know, the gay community in NASCAR because I don't know if you guys remember Queers and Gears. I've um, heard of them. But they were around probably like six or seven years ago, and they just sort of disappeared at one point. And there, since then, there hasn't been anybody in this space. So it's cool to see you guys jump in it, and you guys are young, you're excited, you're doing it, and I think it's really cool. So thank you. Feel like I, I, what I, I found a website called GayCarboys.com and I was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and they had like a, it was cringy though. It was really cringy. Um, if you look up the queers and gears, like their their blog is still up even though there hasn't been anything posted to it in like six years. Um, but they wow. were credentialed, like they were legit. They were so credentialed. Cool to see you guys get there at some point. That's awesome. Oh my God, if me and Alex yeah. are credentialed, I'm gonna lose. Mm. Well, I gotta stop cussing on this podcast if I'm going credentialed anytime soon. Good lord, <laughs> <laughs> I can't control myself. Um, I'm gonna be a teacher. Oh, dude, I cuss too much. I'm terrible. I'm bad, but yeah, it's same. episode six. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so get to episode fifty, you'll have to cut out the cussing, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's, apparently, it's not hard to get a credential anymore based on some of the people I've seen. Oh, know, yeah. Good point. Like, good point. I don't want to Not naming any names, but uh, you know, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Did I stop myself? Oh, yeah, you, can do it, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I know, it's my podcast, but that's the problem. I can do whatever I want, and I want to do some bad things sometimes. So I don't... <laughs> um, <laughs> my Twitter has enough of me saying things I wanted to say, and then it just gets messy. But speaking of <laughs> messy, um, Kyle Larson... Probably the messiest topic in motorsports in 2020, um, which is impressive considering we're in the middle of a pandemic. So, yeah, that's a thing. Um, I'd, I'd say at least in the motorsports world, it's the messiest story. Yeah, yeah, in the motorsports world, that's what I said. Um, which, which, if you talk to a certain segment of the fan base, they wouldn't agree with that. But I, oh, I yeah. yeah, I mean, and I think that's kind of part of the problem, right? Is like, yeah. It was treated as if it wasn't a big deal by so many people. From that day it was one. Almost, yeah. And so it was almost like, what are we doing here? <laughs> but yeah, like, before we get into it, like, so I wanted to talk about Kyle Larson um, because um, if no one knows, I used to be a Kyle Larson fan. So when the whole 
thing happened, it, like, rocked my shit. <laughs> I, I, a whole range of emotions. I hated his ass for, like, a good few months. Um, then when it was kind of likely that he was coming back, it's, it, I just had a lot of conflict because I was like, well, he hasn't really done that much, and plus his new kind of found racist fan base is here, and it's pissing <sighs> me off. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now, as we're in, like, September, October, and the rumors of him going to HMS are, like, very likely. Um, right. That is kind of invoking a sort of joy in me because it might just be because I miss normal. Like, I miss watching, like, NASCAR and having my driver. Um, I, I guess that's just normalcy to me. Because well, yeah, and I mean, and the thing is, like, you know, you you don't expect it to come. I mean, he comes from the draft from diversity yeah. program. You know, he's an Asian American himself. Like, of all the people to root for that you'd think would never be problematic in that way, for him mm-hmm. to be the one that, that, you know, kind of made that headline was like, I, I did like a triple take. I was like, who? <laughs> I When I first heard it, I could not fucking believe it. No, it was it was definitely shocking, and I, like it 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 did it flipped because I you know I've never been a huge Larson fan, but I always appreciated yeah. his his skill and like mm-hmm. loved watching him on the track and everything. And so when he when he first when it first came out that that, that he said that I was I I didn't even know I was like All right, what bizarre world are we living in? Like, like yeah. I thought people were joking. I thought people were just joking, saying that like trying to get him in trouble. Like I really well, didn't. too rookie at first. Like for my part, I thought it, that it was just like because there's so much crosstalk on iRacing and everything. I was like, somebody just thought that that was him. Yeah. But then when you but... watch the clip, it's like so clear. Like nobody says anything, and then there's Kyle Larson voice chat, and he says that, and then there's nothing for a couple seconds, and then like uh, Connor Daybart. No, Anthony Alfredo was like a uh, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Like... I remember someone thought he. Someone said they're like, oh no, he was just trying to say Parker Kligerman's last name. Like, girl, no, he wasn't. No, but I listened. I was like, no. "Wait, was he trying to say no. that?" Like it's, it's not even. It's so crystal clear that I, I, I almost couldn't believe it. It's like, like that meme. Like yeah. they got your ass in 4K. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and was... everyone was streaming it. I mean, dang! Because yeah. the event yeah. was so hyped up, they're like, "Oh, we got Alan Bell oh, yeah, coming." Because that was. That was when they were they were trying to run the like the what the Monza Oval or something, which is like this yeah. crazy high bank like insane historic track or whatever. And so it was like everyone was really excited because like all the like half the crash compilation. Yeah, was, like I cracked open that track, so they were like, "Let's see how pros can do it." Yeah. Um, and then that happened, and it was like I really it ruined everything. It it did. It Perfect. really did. And I can't imagine like as you being a fan of him, like how you felt. But I know I was not even sober, and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> it literally like I will. I was already having a rough time with like personal issues, and yeah. it just ruined me because I have never felt this devoted to like a driver. I guess until since like Dale Junior. Right. Like, I grew up a Dale Junior fan. I have a whole cabinet filled with Dale Junior stuff. Um, and now as I guess a Larson fan, I have like. His all-star win diecast, his Richmond win diecast, which I got... I saw him win in person. That's what really, like, got me to be a fan of his. Because I was already, like... Like, when Dale Jr. was, like, getting ready to retire, I was like, 
Well, I like Chase Elliott. I also like Kyle Larson. I, so these are like my three Chevy boys. Um, and then when I saw Larson win in person, um, and I also like being a hipster. Like everyone likes Chase Elliott and Dale Jr. So I was like, I'm gonna like Kyle <laughs> Larson. And that's you also got to meet him in person too. Yeah, I got to meet him last uh, September. Um, but just really get a photo with him. I don't know if I like met him. Um, he's right. so short. He's so short. Um, <laughs> it's enough for me simping. But so I wanted Mark on the podcast um, because we, me, Alex and I, when we first recorded um, our last episode, we talked about Larson. It didn't feel right though. Um, we're two white people, and also I just think I feel like we just need another person kind of to sort through this whole thing because I still have some kind of, I guess, mental what's the word like clouding on how i feel about larson because i recognize that i am a white man and it's very easy for me to get over the n-word well and that's Mm -hmm. and that's kind of why i i almost felt like i and i mean not that i have a big audience or you know i have a bunch of pull or anything but i felt like i had to say something Mm -hmm. after he released his essay because it, like I'm the guy, like I'm the community he's reaching out to, right? Like obviously he's apologizing to his fans, he's apologizing to you know NASCAR as a whole, but he's trying in that piece to reach the people of color, the fans of color that were paying attention, were like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And so when I wrote that, it came from a place of like I had to, I had to just as like he had to understand why what he said was bad, I had to understand how he got there and how he's trying to fix it yeah because if you just if you're just blindly like nope he said it he's done i'm you know he's canceled i'm, I'm over it you don't a like that doesn't help me at all because yeah. i could just be angry about it forever and it's mm-hmm. done but at the same time it's like what's the incentive for anyone to become a better person exactly because they, the they, they do right they do one bad thing and then it's over so it proved to me that he was willing to do the work um he didn't do it seeking publicity it didn't come out most of it didn't come out until he wrote that like i didn't know about most of that um i think the only thing we knew about was him doing the santa project work in minneapolis and that was because people caught him on camera um so the fact that he did it without seeking publicity and then like how much stuff he did like talking to bubba wallace talking to the inner city project kids that he already worked with um just mentioning how he had to apologize to them first and how it like how tough that was for him it all felt very genuine to me, and I feel like as long as it felt genuine and it felt like he was trying to genuinely become a better person, I was always going to give him a second chance, but I needed to see it happen. Yeah. Right. So when, right. That, when that essay came out, I was like, that's what I needed. That's what I, as a person of color, yeah. needed him to do, and mm-hmm. he did it. I can't agree with that. Um, my dog's barking, if anyone can hear it. Um, don't mind that. <laughs> Love being home. Um, so... Shoot, I Alex, you say something. My brain's <laughs> Well, you know, I've said on this podcast a couple times now that I expected him to just not say anything and get a ride and, you know, just pretend this never happened. Um, right. Like you said, Mark, I think it's a great thing that he said anything at all. And I think he's done more than I expected where he's just super genuine about everything. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah, and I think what he does after this is really going to 
like I said on here, he really needs to condemn all of his new fans. Oh my <laughs> I, god, I, I, that needs to happen in my mind. Well, that's where we are now. So the other half, I think of that's that the piece problem, is, really. Right. The other half of that piece is like the first half is all about why I forgive him, why mm-hmm. I'm. I have to come to terms with why he said what he said and how it. You know, he has a story as well, basically. Um, and it, I may not agree with all of it. I may not understand all of it. But at the same time, like, I have to understand his perspective to forgive him. And I have done that. The second half is all about what he needs to do now. And part of that is, like, in the, I said it in the piece, like, I want him ahead of the Daytona 500 in that big, you know, 45-minute interview with Jeff Gordon talking about how he right. had to overcome racial bias and racism and how he had to learn and how he had to grow in order to earn this opportunity, whether it's in the 14 car that just came open or whether it's at HMS, which has been the heavy rumor, those are both great seats. So he had to earn those seats by doing more than just winning. Mm -hmm. And I want him to have to tell that story, not just in a blog that a few people read online. I want him to tell that story in front of the 3 million people or 4 million people that are going to tune in in February. Um, And going forward, because there's a lot of this fan base that needs to hear that and there are a lot of new fans because of the Bubba Wallace situation and all the things that have come along with that that also need to see this is a space where there are people that are willing to grow and are willing to understand us so don't just write it off as like it's a redneck sport like it's definitely moving in the right direction and this is a perfect example of how I agree and just for clarity's sake I think I forgot to mention this but Mark wrote an article about Larson, Mark Survivor, he has a blog on, or a... Highly recommend reading it. Yeah, um, it's markwritesracing.com. I'll put it in the description. He has a lot of good articles, which um, we'll touch on that in a bit, because um, he made one about the schedule that I want to talk about. Um, but yeah, so he wrote <laughs> he wrote about Larson's um, blog post. Um, so when he refers to his piece, that's what he's talking about. Just wanted to clear that up. But yeah, um... I remember, I guess in April or May, you would have asked me about Kyle Larson. I would have been like, I hate that. I hate him. I hate him. Because, right. yeah. And I'm not the victim, but I felt like the victim. And well, I, because like, you, you're, you, might, I mean, as a, as a person who is, you know, quote unquote woke, I hate that term, but, you know, <laughs> um, like, you felt betrayed that, you know, someone who is, you know, of color himself, albeit he's not black, he's Asian American, yeah. could say that. Like, you have your own history. Mm-hmm. I Why just, are you so ignorant about somebody else's? Yeah, I, it's more for me because I, my family's not the, not really woke. Um, Like, my dad was, he, he used that word too. Um, And okay. I remember when I told my mom about it, she was like, she said it when, like, asking me about it. She was like, oh, wait, he said, like, that word? Like, she said the actual word? And I was like, mom! Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, that's just my parents. Like, I, and, you know, I love them to death. But I already have enough of, like, I live in a town that's, like, not very woke, I guess. And I've already had enough of it, right? And seeing my favorite race car driver let me down like that um, when I... I mean, I held him to a, I mean, a pretty high standard. Like, he's a role model for some people. For, not really a role model for me. I feel like I'm kind of too grown up to, to be, to have a race car driver as my role model, I guess. Um, but, 
I mean, I, I did oh. kind of look up to him. Like, I, I appreciated him. And for him to just kind of throw all that away, like, all my dedication to him, throw it away with a really stupid mistake that, I, again, I couldn't understand why he said that. Because, to me, the only explanation I had was, so he's racist. And that really upset right. me. And I think seeing him write in his blog post about why he said the word, and while it's not an excuse, this is just for understanding's sake, it helped me, I guess, forgive him, even though, again, white it's not the place for white people to forgive what he said. I just forgive him for doing something stupid and letting his fan base down. Like Well, and and I wanna sorry, I don't wanna I don't wanna jump on you here, but I, I do wanna say like the the white guilt part of this is I think really annoying. Um like just personally, like I don't need you to feel bad for some what somebody else said. Like if you wanna forgive him, that's fine. Um I I don't I'm not you know like you don't need to wait for permission to be like okay I can accept that like you if you have the understanding of of the community you don't need to be black to be like okay I understand it I get it I forget yeah that's fair you you can't say you can't cross that line and say everyone should forgive him because I'm certainly not doing that exactly just because I forgive him if it's a person of color doesn't mean you know the black person standing next to me has to but at the same time, it's like you have your reasons for being upset with him for it, which means mm-hmm. if he has satisfied those reasons for you, you're completely in the right yeah. to forgive him on your own terms. That's fine. I yeah, I think that's that. just what I'm trying to say. But also, it's just like, I think I just keep going back to what me and Alex first, like, talked about this. We completely disregarded that we were both white. And I think I just yeah, wanted to make that clear. Like, yeah, we well, talked about it quite a bit. Yeah, we felt pretty bad about it. It's easy to do, though. Like, it's so, so easy to do. Mm -hmm. It's it's part of, I mean, hashtag we live in a society. Like, (laughs) we all have our own sort of ignorance that we don't even recognize most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so, just like I have to understand, you know, I have to understand what's wrong with me. Like, what are my, what are my, you know, ignorance points and things like that, like, Kyle Larson had his, and you acknowledge them. You probably have yours, and you. Oh yeah. You know, you, I mean, I don't know what they are, but um, I mean, even Lefty, you know what he said the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, this yeah. This is a guy yeah. that obviously very much stood up for the the LGBT community, and he slipped up, and you know, it, it, yeah. it happens. It does happen. So, you know, and again, it, it goes back to like you don't want to define someone by the worst thing they've ever done, mm-hmm. as long as they're willing to understand and grow from it. Yeah, that's yeah. really the important part. How they. I think Kyle Larson said this in his essay. It's like it's a it's not about what he said, um, even though it, I guess it kind of is. It's about what he does going forward, and right. I think that can be a good learning experience for everybody. Um, like you can't uncrack the egg, yeah, but you can make something out of it. Like I know personally, I used to I've used bad words before. Like, um, like I'm studying to be an educator, and I've used ableist slurs before. Damn. Um, I, there probably are some I still use, and I just don't realize it. And what's important for me is, as I go into the classroom, that I learn to not say them, and that I learn that for my students, I need to make it a note to that it's not an okay thing to say. Um, well, and the funny thing is, like, so I'm 30, which I think you guys are quite a bit younger than that. I'm 20. 
<laughs> I'm 21. So when I was in middle school and high school, which was like in 1974, um, it, there was, um, we used the, the FAG slur mm-hmm. just like, like, all the time like yeah. in a, it wasn't meant as like a derogatory thing it was just a word that we used to be like hey quit being stupid quit being an idiot whatever yeah. and i look back at that now and i'm like we were horrible people mm-hmm. in retrospect we weren't it just wasn't the kind of thing that was talked about then yeah mm-hmm. you know fast forward 10 years and you guys like if you heard that in your high school you'd punch somebody in the face like well even it, for it, us though it wasn't <laughs> i mean for my school at least i think it was more conservative but i think we recognized like that word as a bad word but it was more just like oh it's just like any other bad word like you're not supposed to say them but it is what it is like no one's like, gonna do would, anything about it we would use it in the same way you'd use like douchebag yeah yeah i think like not obviously it wasn't common okay yeah it wasn't common but like there would definitely be some people that used it and yeah um, and like where it was like it was like regular daily language in like 2005 to 7 whatever wow yeah like i think exactly i think today (laughs) like since i've graduated (laughs) it's probably more like non-acceptable i think the social culture has like moved a lot in the past few years like the R slur as well for like you're talking about ableist language. Oh my like god, that yeah. Was, that was, that was like you use it all the time, and you're just you didn't. I heard that it. one. I heard that one all the time I in heard. elementary school. I don't think I've heard it oh, since. My parents and my one of my friends use it. It's bad. <laughs> it's I hate it. I don't know what to do it's about like, it though. Like my wife and I watched the movie Ten Things I Hate About You the other day, and like that word is in there just like casually, and I was like, we were both like, whoa, I forgot about that. Yeah. And that was a movie that came out in like 1999, I think. So, like, yeah, that was definitely a big part of the language, you know, 20 years ago. And now, obviously, mm-hmm. we know it, that's not okay to say. And I guess that kind of connects to like Larson talked about when he was in Australia and how right. he, people, again, people just used it very casually. And his Larson's ignorance, which, and I mean ignorance as the little definition, like just not knowing the whole nature of what's happening. Um, it made him feel like it was just like a, something that he could just greet people with, um, which right. he was trying to do in a private call. Obviously, it wasn't. And right, exactly, worst mistake of anyone's life. Like, especially in his situation. Like he, I know he he wrote about like he's gonna have to tell his kids about this, um, like yeah. what their daddy said and what the meaning of it is. Which I think. When he wrote that, I think that's a good step in terms of him going forward. Because I agree with you all when you all talked about this. He needs to condemn his fan base. And he needs... NASCAR in general. I think the Black Lives Matter stuff we've had so far low-key feels a bit virtue signaling. Like, I, it's better than to not have it at all. But... Yeah, like, I think there are a few genuine moments. Like, Jimmy Johnson is genuine, I feel. Um obviously I think jimmy johnson and tyler reddick have been the most yes. genuine of anyone yeah absolutely tyler reddick definitely um blaney I tyler, tyler reddick swinging against the president when he came out the bubble was it yes queen. So that's when i knew that's um, when i knew was, he's my second favorite well he's been my favorite like, since was, larson's gone but he's that was such a strong that was such a strong moment in like 
realizing that you know maybe not maybe the whole garage area isn't really as bad as we stereotype them yeah like maybe yeah. there's some bias on our side as well um because i tyler Reck is probably one of the last guys i would have expected to say anything like that same <laughs> yeah i mean most of these like most of these white dudes that drive race cars that yeah i'm just like mm. i i think some drivers use this as an opportunity to prove against the stereotype, but I feel like more work still has to be done because I'm not sure if I believe them. Some of them. Like, like my thing is, like, I'm a Kyle Busch fan, right? And, like, I so badly wanted him to, like, you know, fire up his Twitter fingers one day and, like, say something. But I know he's not going to because that's not who he is. He's never jumped into anything political. But, like, True. I also saw him as, like, one of the first guys at the front of Bubba Wallace's car when they pushed it to the front. And there's part of me that's like, that's cool. And there's another part of me that's like, well, did you just want to be visible? I don't know. I Kyle Busch. And, like, yeah, it's a weird part of me. Part of me thinks they just did that. I'm a fan of his and I want to know. I think a lot of the reason he was up there because he's, like, the reigning champion. I don't know if that was, like, more of a virtue or was a coincidence. But yeah, I don't know either. I'm I, not like sure. I, that's what I mean. Like I want, I want him to say something because I want to know. I know he's yeah. going to. So um, one thing I did learn, um, and I don't know if I shared this with the greater timeline or not. I don't think I did. There are some people when they did that video, um, they did that like montage video where they were all like, yeah. condemning racism or whatever. Mm -hmm. Some of the voices that you didn't he hear from or see. They didn't just like miss the call. Some of them flat out said no. <gasps> yeah. What? Yeah. Oh. I'm not surprised by that. And so, if you want to go back and watch that, I believe I don't want to. Man, I, I might get I might get us all in trouble with this, but yeah, probably um, shouldn't name names just in case we're wrong. Wait, so what? But, where yeah. did you hear this from? Um, if you can say again, don't get in, don't get yourself in trouble. It's definitely somebody who's in the loop, but I'm I'm struggling to remember exactly. Who so you did, it was. so you've heard it from like DMs or just like yeah, okay. I got I got DM'd because I DM'd someone and I was like, so I noticed XX and X weren't in this, why? And okay. the answer I got was basically like, well, a couple of them missed the call, but there were some that flat out said no, and I was like, yeah. oh, that's all you need to mm -hmm. say because <laughs> <laughs> and. There were about, like, what, eight of them that weren't in there, yeah. if I remember right? Uh, Boyer, Roughly. Newman, Eric Jones. Oh, okay. um, those are the three I remember off the top of my head. And I'm not saying that those are the three that flat out said no. Yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think it's safe to assume that, that there's something um, fishy about anyone that wasn't in the video. I mean, I don't know. I mean, a video can only be so long. You can only have so many people or, there are a few that genuinely just miss the text message because there's like a group chat that the drivers all have. Yeah. And they're like just genuinely missed it. But there are a couple that like flat out were like, no, I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. And I that think... is a problem for me. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Johnson deserves a lot of credit because it's, that all started with him. He wanted mm -hmm. to just do it by himself. But then other people heard about it. Um, none of that would have happened in the first place without Jimmy Johnson. Right. So I think yeah. he deserves a whole lot of credit. And I mean, I think he got it with that Drive for Diversity award that he got in the what, last last yeah. week or whatever. He definitely, he definitely got the recognition he deserved. I think, 
I did have a little bit of a problem with that because obviously, like, it should it probably, probably be Bubba Wallace. Yeah, it should probably uh, be Oh, Bubba yeah, Wallace, maybe. But, <laughs> but given that, you know, Jimmy's retiring and he's probably done more than anyone else, like, I understand why. Yeah, that makes you know, sense because it'd be it. weird to give mm-hmm. him. I'm not, I'm not upset that he got it. Like, he definitely has done the work. Mm-hmm. Um, if it were me, I definitely would have picked Bubba. Yeah, because, so, I mean, Bubba's been, it. like, the front line. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, good Lord. Like, part, when I... I like want NASCAR to do more for Black Lives Matter, but then the Twitter shitstorm that happened. I don't even care about that. I don't even care. Let them be mad. That's true. Like if you want, if you want to be mad that people want to stop being shot and people want to stop living in poverty and people want opportunities that are equal to yours, if you want to be upset about that, that says more about you than it does about the situation. So be mad. Be mad online. I was mad. Let everyone ignore you because. That's that's what's gonna happen. Like if you out yourself on that level at this point, like it's not even about we're gonna fight you on the internet. It's about just like block and move on. That's Don't true. I think yeah, I'm definitely guilty of this. We on Twitter, we kind of give a lot of bad people a platform to spread. I've been trying to back off on that. Yeah, same. I'm kind of I'm getting too I, busy I, to I, engage in this shit anyway. Um, I I used to be. I mean, you guys know I used to be a firebrand on oh Twitter and like. <laughs> And a few a few weeks ago, a lot of bitches were mad at you. I forgot what you said. Oh, I all I, okay. This is completely off topic, but um, what the, what the hell is that girl's name? She just oh, won Haley? that like arc or whatever. Oh, everyone hates Haley. Um, oh, that, I know who you're talking about. I don't remember her name. That other Grace girl just won. Gracie, yeah. Oh yeah. She, she won. She won that race, and everyone was super proud. And this was like right after Haley Deegan had done a bunch of like problematic shit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I just want a female. I said a couple of days before that, I was like, I just want a female driver that's not an idiot because Danica's obviously a Trumper, and now we have Haley being an idiot, like all over yeah. the internet. And so my response was, it was it was an indirect response to myself, but I went through Gracie's Twitter likes, and I was like, I found one where she liked like a Trump tweet or something, and I screenshotted it, and I was like, oh maybe hey maybe Gracie Trotter could be the ah uh, shit. Yeah, and it was like it was what it, it was meant mostly to be like tongue in cheek and kind of sarcastic yeah. and funny and like I like it was one tweet like I don't care really like I understand that most of the ground. Twitter did that. not like that. Oh, <laughs> listen, like, they saw I the shoe no, and it fit perfectly. Oh my god, I had no idea like how many people were gonna get pissed about that. Like I said it as a joke to the like six people who pay attention to what I write, yeah. and it just took off i was like oh jesus i looked at her likes too just to like (laughs) see because i didn't want to like like cheer for her if she was you know like that i didn't say anything but i saw you did i'm like well (laughs) let's see how twitter likes that yeah i i didn't even like some people like oh you're just saying this to get attention get likes or whatever no you weren't this this was an inside joke with myself like, yeah, I expected one person to like it and like for for it to just like disappear. Yeah, when it got the traction it did, I was like, okay, I've apparently touched a nerve here. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just kind of used to drivers being Trump supporters. I hate to be complacent to it, mm-hmm. but it's just like mm-hmm. I just have to like pretend like I don't see it <laughs> because I I mean I'm Kyle Larson, I'm pretty sure he's yeah. I mean. I remember before Monza Madness, I was, I kind of got a weird vibe from him because he was like commenting on COVID about like, so when's the flu yeah. shut everything down or something? 
Yeah. When he said that, I was just like, I'm just not going to look at that. <laughs> That's just what I do. So I just got to sometimes, especially with NASCAR drivers. I'm just like, you know, I'm here to watch them race. And it's, it, it, I mean, it doesn't excuse like really bad things. Like, even though supporting certain people is kind of bad, it's just too, it's, it's a fucked, it's a fucked up world we live in. And yeah. at the end of the day, I yeah. just got to be like, whatever just drive drive the race car go fast win race please Sh- just yeah. but just yeah. shut the fuck yeah. up please <laughs> seriously at brad kislowski um anyways, oh. <laughs> anyways. we have a whole other episode on brad god yeah we gotta have a <laughs> dr brad i go call ahead. him dr brad dr <laughs> dr brad <laughs> Lord, this hot medical takes. I used to call him Professor Brad because he he thinks he's trying to. He thinks he's so. Oh my god. He thinks he's woke. Like educating people. In like a whole another way, he thinks he's woke. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, that's you're right. And then there's Kenny Wallace, who's just Kenny Wallace. (sighs) Lord, have mercy. We ain't here to shit talk, though. We're not here to shit talk. But damn. Yeah, he is. He, I, I mean, I know he's not, but he he acts just like a St. Louis meth head. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's so it's so insane, like how crazy he's gotten. He's crazy. He I know. Like it's he's nuts. gotten worse. He was not this bad like four years ago. Some people don't need Twitter. Although, do you remember he did run the border patrol car? So, oh, was, yeah. You know, I've been probably. We just didn't have the internet as, you know, often or as intense as we yeah. are now. I've been sending in our 2003, like 2009, and I, I've noticed, I'm like, oh, interesting. <laughs> like it, with the Border Patrol car. Um, yeah. But um, I have this in our notes, and it's about Larson after all of this that happened and him kind of on his journey back. The fact of the matter is him he's kind of upgrading um and we don't know if this would have happened i probably think this would have happened if yeah the like if the if it didn't if he didn't say the word i feel like it would have happened anyway because they would have contract was up at the end of this year anyway yeah like right and if they're gonna if hendrick's gonna find him after he said the n-word he they're they were going to find him if he was still in nascar anyway right um, yeah, because Ross Chastain apparently is ready to move up to the forty-two. So, um, you know, I I think no matter what it happens, I don't think it's happening because I don't even think it's happening because of his dirt racing. I no, people use that like dirt racing does not translate to NASCAR that much. Like not anymore. Not it definitely not anymore. Yeah, like Christopher Bell isn't setting the world on fire like think about how good christopher bell was in the low downforce xfinity car that's how miserable he's been in the high downforce cup car like it's just it's a completely different skill set and you'll notice like he runs a lot better at the short tracks yeah yeah Um, Yeah. last week at the road course he was running pretty decent and um i know it's like i mean you can get you can get nerdy about it but it's all about like Dirt drivers are good at managing slip angle. They're yeah. good at managing throttle. They're good at managing like a, a, a car that's a little bit rear endy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess. Yeah, and like the 
these new this new set of rules, which <clears throat> have a whole other episode on that too. It's um, something. They're just so giant ass spoiler. The racetrack. They're just so planted to the racetrack that like all of I mean even Jimmy Johnson like you go back and watch Jimmy Johnson just like wrecking loose winning races by the fistfuls mm-hmm. in the older cars and now like where's he been for the last three years mm-hmm. right like, it's not an accident yeah i think 2018 <laughs> was a dip in performance and then 2019 was just like nope you're not getting back up yeah no but i mean obviously like there's there's age and things like that but yeah. like you don't go from seven-time champion winning six to eight races a year to like all of a sudden, he's terrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he won three races in 2017. Um, yeah. He str- and he made it to the round of eight in 2017 as well. And again, I think and just Hendrick, he- Chevrolet in general in 2018, they just were struggling. And I think Hendrick, yeah, Hendrick's fall off definitely has something to do with it. But it's also like, yeah, he just doesn't have the feel with this new package. And I mean, even, I mean, you look at, you know, guys that are supposed to have great car control, like Kyle Busch and. Um, like Cliff Boyer came from that dirt background. Um, They've been struggling. You know, these, yeah, I mean, whoever would have thought that Kyle Busch would be winless thirty? What were he? Not me. Like, come on. Yeah, think about Kyle Busch. That's really interesting. I mean, he won a lot early in 2019 with the package, and I, I kind of want to equate that to like, I mean, a lot of teams couldn't figure it out yet, and Joe Gibbs Racing yeah. is Joe Gibbs Racing, and. I, you know, after, I guess, what, Pocono was the yeah. last race he won before Homestead. Yep, and that's, then, he's, like, one for 104 or something like that. Yeah. Now. It's just, like, insane to think about. I know Homestead and, was, had a special set of circumstances with, like, Truex's, like, pit crew. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, Zach, last year, you and I predicted that Kyle Busch wouldn't even make the final four yeah. last year. he was he, not he running the championship. But, like, you and I were thinking he wouldn't even make, like, the round of eight. Like, he was just not he was doing grumpy good. Too. He's been grumpy for the past two years, like, more than usual. <laughs> I, listen, I... I, I, I think about it this way. Like, think about if you had a job that you really loved and you were really great at, and then somebody came in and was like, hey, um, we're changing everything about how you do your job. And it's not fun. And not now fun it's, anymore. like... All of those skill sets that you had worked on for years, like exactly. those are all useless now. Exactly. Like when Austin Dillon can run in the top five, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> oh lord. <laughs> I mean, he's been yeah, that's been weird this playoffs with him. <laughs> well, Texas was the, least. the perfect oh, explanation yeah. of why this package is fucking stupid. Oh yeah. I don't understand. Well, I was talking about this with Alex before we were recording. But why the Gen 6 car couldn't just have, like, been adapted more instead of just changing the spoiler and changing the, the what's it called, the engine? So, if you if you want to get nerdy about it... Yeah, um, I know nothing about cars, so... The, the reason the Xfinity cars are so much fun to watch is exactly the reason that the Cup cars are so terrible. Is it because so, like they're so smooth on the sides? Yes. I, that's, that's what exactly I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like pick up one of your Gen Six diecasts and just look at the right side door and the right side rear quarter panel and then compare it to the left side. 
is you'll see that the right side quarter panel is flat, it's straight, it's essentially a billboard hanging out in the wind, whereas the left side kind of curves in a little bit. And what that does is that creates a whole bunch of side force on the right side of the car, so you can just like sling it through the corners without lifting. Yo, you're right. I'm looking at it's it right second, now. It's second, and that's why you see like the second someone gets to the outside, the car on the inside will just like slip up the track and they're gone. Um, because you take that air off of that giant billboard of a quarter panel and all of a sudden you can't go anywhere. The other thing is the fender flares create way more downforce than the splitter ever could. Like the like the ones um, around the wheel? Or... Yeah. Yeah. So if you notice on the Xfinity cars, like they're super flat. They can bounce off the wall. They don't yeah, they're kind of like down. the Gen 4 car. Or the C yeah, even the COT. Like... Yeah. Exactly. And so those two things combined have made this probably the most engineering based like stock car you'll ever find. Yeah. And I have to and, imagine the dirty air is even amplified oh, by yeah. the fender flares. Because I mean those fender flares just kick off so much wind. Mm -hmm. Like they punch a bigger hole in the air than you know than, than the rest of the car yeah, does because wide apart. So you have that, and then and then you think about the balance of everything, right? So when you're driving this, you know, essentially this giant wedge through the air on its own, it's got all this air on the front, those fender flares are working, they're pushing the front end of the car down, it's got super great handling. Well, as soon as you take that air away, now because there was so much air on the front that it's now gone, it's completely changed the way your car drives to where you have no front grip anymore. And that's why you can't be close to anybody because the air changes so much of the balance of the handling that you can't drive it. And I'm... so combine all of that together, you have the perfect storm for a, a shitty package. I'm really curious yeah. what they're going to do with the Gen 7. Like it if they're just like going to... the sides are if, flat, I think. If they're going to buckle down, like double down on what they have right now, yeah. like I don't, I don't know. I don't want to watch. <laughs> But uh, thank you. I, mean, I think their schedule, their quiet. schedule shows that they're, you know, they know there's a problem. Yeah. Well, so, um, and the thing is, like, the schedule is so important because cars only race well at certain places. Yeah. Mm. When they had all these, I mean, when they had all these mile and a half, it was when the cars were slippery and they were hard to drive, and air didn't matter, and you could drive up someone's ass even in the middle of the corner and. Mm -hmm. It would get the car in front loose instead of the car behind getting tight and having to lift. So you could create passes that way. It was really Ooh, fun. And it was the that is fun. Forward. That's all gone. Yeah. That's and true. And it's all because they they made they wanted this car to look more like the showroom, which was a great idea in theory, but what they didn't take into account was just the difference in balance between clean air and dirty air and how that would make it impossible to build a car that could pass. Yeah, I wish there was a way, I think there is, to make a car look like the showroom somewhat, but again, I think the Xfinity cars do a pretty good job at that, honestly. Like, it looks like a Camaro, it looks like a Mustang, it looks like a Supra. But, at the front, anyway. Yeah, at the, I think, honestly, yeah, at the front, front, that's all you need. Yeah. In my opinion. The rest of the car looks like a stock car. I agree. Cause at, the, I think... at the end of the day, we're here to watch stock cars race, and as long as they have some manufacturer identity, like, I think it was... Honestly, with the Gen 4 and the COT, it was pretty bad. Like, they didn't look like anything. They yeah. just looked like race cars, which isn't necessarily bad, but I think if they do want manufacturer identity, which, 
uh, oh, we saw the V8 supercars. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but they oh, unveiled yeah. their new cars. Oh, mm. sexy. But there's a way to balance it. much better over there. They, um, those cars are basically like where NASCAR is getting a lot of their Gen 7 inspiration from. That's so true. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, but I'm hoping we get something that's that's relevant or, you know, resembles that at the end of it. Yeah. I think these cars, they're, they're, they're currently not really made for good racing. Short tracks alleviate it a lot. Yep. But I think the schedule in general needed change because diversity wasn't really good. Like, we had six short track races on a 36-race schedule. Um, and two road, well, three road courses, technically. Yeah, but for oh, yeah. years it was just two road courses and none of them in the playoffs. Like, that's dumb. <laughs> I I was always kind of dumb to me. We, like, it's NASCAR. Like, short track is NASCAR racing. Well, and if you go back in time, I mean, it was all short tracks and road courses. Yeah, and guess what? Have, the best races... Like, our short Arlington, Arlington and Daytona were like the super speedways. Mm-hmm. Um, and to think of Darlington as a super speed right now is hilarious. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they were like that was one of the bigger mm-hmm. tracks in this right. back in the sixties or seventies or whatever. So, and I mean that's when they started building Charlotte and things like that. But um, at that time, like even Charlotte was considered a really big, really fast, like scary racetrack. Yeah. I don't know. It's we'll see. The schedule though, if you wanted to jump into that, like the schedule is something I'm really excited about. Yeah. Just this um I just think NASCAR, like, there is a place for mile and a half. Um, but again, they did a good job with the schedule coming up um next year that getting rid of a bunch of mile and a half, putting in more road 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 course racing is so underrated in NASCAR. I can't believe oh, yeah. people don't like it. Um it's so good. And I think it's only a very small handful of people that don't like it. And yeah. I feel like they're just loud people that don't like it. Vocals like yeah, them, but they're loud. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I because I, I wrote a piece about that too, like why the Indy Road Course is such a good stock car track. Wow, oh, I have to read um, that. I wrote that. I have I to read that. that. Oh God, where is it? Yeah, you have a bunch <laughs> of um really good articles. Um, and you made one uh, about your ideal schedule that I wanted to talk about. Oh, that's a fun one. I haven't even read it all, but I'm just like looking at uh, it right now. Um, do you need a link, Alex? You can like link it in the Discord. Yeah. Okay, so July, it was what? July 8th. I said in the Indianapolis road course, NASCAR has rediscovered its ideal formula. And the reasoning for that is the, the cars aren't good through high speed corners. They're just not. They're too air dependent. Like, can't follow each other but when you force them to put the power down or break like that's where you get skill involved again exactly and so the indie road course is all super long straights and super sharp corners and a lot of braking and a lot of trying to figure out how to get you know 600 odd horsepower to the ground without slipping a tire and when you do that you invite different skill sets into the game and you saw the ending of that race like that was crazy Oh, yeah. It was so yeah, good. They were three wide through the chicane. Like, they were banging off of each other. They Three or four people were, like, trading the lead. It was at least competing for the lead. Like, it was one of the better finishes in Xfinity we've had. And, I mean, the Xfinity season is, this year has been great. But oh, yeah. That finish was, like, must-see. And 
like to bring the cup cars there, I think is a really good decision. Everyone's mad, like, oh, cup should be in the oval. Like the oval has been ass for like yeah. eight years, nine years. Like, and I'm a Kyle Busch fan. Like, I love watching him run away and win like three of those. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can recognize like that's boring as shit. Like, well, that goes <laughs> back to like I hate blaming the track when a lot of the problems are the car because I think even if Indianapolis and Pocono aren't showstoppers, they used to put on decent races. Like, strategy... Before stages, stages, they were fuel mileage. Exactly. Like, strategy... That's the problem with stages. Because stages... For stage racing to be entertaining, the actual on-track passing racing product has to be good. Yes. Because the place where F1 makes up for its racing shortcomings is they will let the race go and play out and then strategy can make up for the lack of passing like racing is not just and oh my god nascar nascar someone said this to me yesterday about racing or something it was in regards to like jimmy johnson's playoffs but i was like kind of tying it also to stage racing like people nascar fans think racing is formation driving where it's like five guys running five wide fighting for a spot. Like, that's not what it is at all. Yeah. Um, no. That's what NASCAR wishes it was. Yeah. It's because uh, they're yeah. trying to feed to short attention spans, which, I mean, I have a short attention span, and I have trouble following the race sometimes. But stages honestly kind of hurt that because it's like, well, why the fuck am I watching stage one when five cautions are going to come out? Right. Like, See, here's the thing. I used to sit down and watch every single race, every single week, from flag to flag, because I didn't know how what happened on lap 30 was going to happen, affect what happened on lap 370. Yeah. Right, like, right. Because cautions when, weren't always guaranteed. I mean, they kind of were right. like, with the breeze, but it's like, you don't, at least yeah. you don't know when they're going to come out. And like, you could, so the, the one of my favorite examples is the 20, I think it was the 2015 race at Kentucky. Um, Joey Logano had like this huge lead, and it was like thirty to go. And for ten laps, you're just watching Kyle Busch have a better longer. He had a better long run car, and he just runs him down lap after lap after lap. And they had like a ten lap battle for the lead. It's like fifteen or twenty to go, or something like that. And like you don't get that now. Yeah. Like, now, because of the way the stages are set up, like, your strategy is so set in stone that there's no such thing as, like, a long-run car anymore. Like, you are short-run fast, and, like, you might get a long-run at the end, but usually we don't. Yeah, because the car is going to break by that point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, you don't see as much of that, like... You don't see as much of the tire strategy. You don't see as much of the... You definitely don't see as much of the fuel strategy. Are you kidding me? Like, and part of that is... Tires are different, and like that's a whole other conversation that's kind of nerdy and stupid. But like, there are so many things that have changed between just you know five years ago and now that have made it honestly for someone like me, like so impossible to pay attention to because it's like, what's the point? You need you tune in for the last 30 laps, that's all you need to see. Yeah, basically, there's so many racks and resets throughout now that it's just like, eh. Whatever, like I don't, like, and now I don't, I, I don't find myself really tuning in as often because it's, you know, it feels and it's pointless of, to the championship picture too. Like, yeah, 
Like, what what happened at the Roval doesn't really... I don't think it's going to really affect what the champion's going to be, really. No. I mean... Well, and you know... might the, have Streak thing happen at, like, Martinsville. The stage points, the playoff points for this round, they don't really matter. Oh, yeah, no. Like, if you're going to make... If you're make, if you're going to make a Phoenix... The stages don't really matter if you like if you're Kevin Harvick and Hamlin when you're gonna make it the Phoenix anyway. Yeah, Charlotte yeah. Oval was the last time that playoff points mattered. Well, and like, like unless I you're trying to make it in, but still. Uh, on the one hand, like I kind of like I see what you're saying. On the other hand, I feel like it's the only way to make the playoffs work in a way that seems like legitimate because. Oh, I agree. The stage like, points I like actually. Yeah, but the thing is like. The the playoff resets in general are just you're either gonna have them or you're not. And I feel like if you're gonna do this playoff points thing where you know you accumulate all these playoff points throughout the beginning of the season that can carry you through the rounds later on and essentially creates like buys for the guys at the top, like why not just go back to a full season points championship? That's what I'm saying, like why it's just it. like it's like NASCAR trying to act like this is like such an important moment for Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin when they're chilling. Like, and there's always that thing of like, okay, like, yes, somebody could win their way from eighth to fourth or whatever to be in the final four, mm-hmm. but maybe shouldn't have that points. And like, okay, but thirty, you think thirty-four races into a season we're gonna have a surprise winner unless something really bizarre happens? Like, your entire championship format is predicated on like a one in a million dice roll, and. Yeah. Like, yeah, that might happen once every 10 seasons, but like, it's not going to be the regular, like, you know, free for all madness. When it does happen, it's kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and uh, with the way the cars race, you could theoretically stay out and pull an Austin Dillon and just run away on old tires because nobody can get close to you. Um, but at the same time, it's like nobody's really taking those gambles on pit strategy anymore either. So, what are we doing here? Like, what are we? Yeah. <laughs> like, as an industry, what is the goal? And I don't think they've achieved it. I think at this point, like, it's almost better to just say, you know what? We tried this thing. It it worked some seasons. It, others it didn't. Why don't we just go back to full season points? It's a legitimate. It's a legitimate way to crown a champion. It doesn't punish you for having a bad race at Talladega in October. And it's easy to know, understand. Like, it's easy to understand, and like every now and then you're gonna have a points finish that goes down to the wire, and every now and then you're gonna have somebody that wins with three races to go, and I think that's just mm-hmm. gonna have to be okay. It's just that's racing, like I, that's the nature of racing. Like Kevin Harvick with an eight second lead winning the race, that doesn't mean the race was bad. You know, like there's yeah. other stuff to I, look at. I know, I completely agree. Like I don't if there's know. a three way battle for second. And Kevin Harvick lapped them. Does that mean the race was bad? Like, I I don't know. And that part of that is TV coverage too, because they get oh, so God. focused. Absolutely. We were talking there's about the that last in the way, and there's you know there's a four wide battle for eighth that they're not paying attention to. And like F1 does that, where F1 does it much better, and supercars coverage if you can never catch that does it much better. Where like, especially in supercars, like Scott McLaughlin has run away with everything for six years. Mm-hmm. Nobody's complained because the TV coverage is good enough to be like, well, here's, you know, these two guys slamming doors for fifth coming yeah. to the line. 
Like, they'll show you that battle, and then they'll, they'll occasionally cut back and be like, yep, Scott McLaughlin's still running away with it. Anyway, back to the battle for fifth. Like, <laughs> Man, I wish we could have that in NASCAR. F1. focus on the most interesting F1 battle does good. all the time. Not just occasionally. Whether it's for 15th or 20th or 5th or 3rd or 1st. Wherever the most interesting battle is, that's where the cameras are, and that's what the commentators are focused on. And if the leader's got a half a lap lead, they don't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's... Yep. There's like 40 cars on the track in NASCAR, and why are we just focusing on like three of them? Right. And I think that's like every, that's when I say the industry, because everyone has a stake in this. Like, teams could be making more bold pit calls. The TV partners could be doing a better job of finding action where there's, where, where it's happening instead of always focusing on the top five. You know, they're, the the drivers could be more willing to take risks, but they can't because the way the cars are built, you make contact and you have to pit. Like, there's so many factors that are boiling right now to make this sort of an unwatchable product. That, mm-hmm. Like, everyone needs to take a step back and go, how can we be better? Yeah. And until everyone gets on board, it, there's always going to be something that's not good now i mean some people are going to sit back and be like you know what? it's a race it's on whatever i'll watch it i love it it's it's whatever and i used to be that way but like even i mean you can ask my wife like i, I would call her in here but i don't know what she's doing right now um she would be she'd get annoyed with me she's like oh we're doing this again and i'm like it's interesting like things are happening like there's stuff going on and she got really into it where she was starting to understand the strategy and stuff too and like that's all gone yeah like there's so many and like the tv coverage like every time we watch the tv coverage we're she and i both are like why are these people so stupid <laughs> like, obviously, <laughs> like, obviously steve letard's not an idiot like he knows his shit and back in 2015 when he first started it was really interesting to listen to him but now they're all just, really good when they started i feel I like know. they're so fake now because they're just like oh yeah. the playoffs this is so intense ah they're all the carnival barkers now and it's like that no, you don't. <laughs> We're not all fifth graders. Yeah, they have to. They dumb down their uh, presentation so, of the sport so much. Like it's so frustrating. I yeah no NASCAR is a shithole. I think Mark, you have just encapsulated the entire reason NASCAR is a shithole. So thank you for that because it exhausts me when I try to explain it. <laughs> um, so that's why NASCAR. That's why I don't like NASCAR at the moment. I still watch, of course, because can never get away um but god it's just they, so tailored to short attention spans towards it broke they honestly they broke me with stages like they, that was i want stages dude. gone because i watched the first stage racing season and i don't think i've watched more than like 10 races a season since i want yeah. i i'm fine with the playoffs if we can at least not have stages because then at least i can just enjoy the race for the race but yeah like if you want to fuck up the championship format whatever do what you want um but i just yeah. want a race and i can't even get a race anymore like we saw ty Dillon at the roval um he like went on dries before anyone else and i think he won the stage from it but like what did that really do though because he again they threw out the caution and then everyone else got on dries and then he lost the lead so yeah it's right. like he did that for basically nothing because I mean it's whereas, whatever points. But whereas if they let that if they let that play out, like who knows? You know, Ty like, Dillon gets you know half a lap lead, and they spend the rest of the race trying to catch him. Exactly, that's so good. Oh, whatever. Yeah, I completely agree. But 
think we hit on a lot of good stuff today, um, especially with Kyle Larson and that whole conversation. Um, and then talking about NASCAR and the schedule, and there's a lot of work to do. I don't have I hope. Think, <laughs> I think we hit all the bases. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I know you said you wanted to talk about the crazy schedule that I put out. Did you just want to do that? Yeah, I'll, I wanted to mention double points because I think instead of a playoffs, if they did the last race with either double, triple, or quadruple points, <laughs> that would be better than having playoffs. In my and opinion. I see, and I don't, I specifically don't want double points at the last race. Why not? Because, well, double points. In my mind, I feel like it, it creates too much of a gimmick. I feel like. You should have taken advantage of the double point situation before the last race of the yeah. season. Yeah, I think the best example of that is Juan Pablo Montoya and IndyCar. He probably should have won that championship a couple years ago. Right. And like, I want the last race to feel legitimate. I don't want it to feel like it's obviously it's hyped up because it's the last race of the season and like a third fourth battle for the title. Like, that's awesome. But I also don't want double points to be the reason that like a bad pit stop costs someone a whole title. Yeah, like, I guess. I mm, I don't know. I I can see it, I can see it both ways. Like I'm not I'm not saying you're yeah. wrong. I just like I see what me, you're kind of me, saying. Like, I would try to like if it were up to me, I probably wouldn't do that. I would put my double points races with like maybe five races to go, one in the middle of the season. Obviously yeah. Daytona. It seems like for here you um, just put it with the crown jewels, which I think is a smart idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think the I think the last one was one, two, three, four, five, six races from the end. Um, which was the Bristol Bay race. And I think the the thing that that does, and obviously this is all completely fictional, um, but the thing that that does is it says, okay, here's all your double points races. Now we go into the last six races of the season knowing it's straight up. Now you've had your last chance to you know okay. double down I on a good that. day. Now it's straight up to, for the rest of the season. Make, you know, dig a, make up what you can, basically. Um, no, I like but that. I don't. I think there's merit to a double points finale. I just, I personally didn't include one because at the time I felt like I didn't want to gimmick it up that much. That reminds me of the chase when it's like after Talladega. It's like okay, this is the last stretch of races. Now we probably yeah. know who the contenders are. That's what that reminds me of. Yeah, kind of. So that's kind of the feel I was going for. Like, cause I liked the original chase when it came out. I thought that I was, like it a lot. That was a, good a good idea in terms of like yeah. okay we've had the first half of the season here's your reset i still think it needs like some adjustments because it's like in the regular season if you're good on points there's no incentive to do anything else besides just to win races like there's no reason to right. points race um like but but that's just a nitpick with the system um because yeah. nascar they have not made the regular season feel important no. Like, even with no. the stages and stuff, it's just, it doesn't feel important because, especially, think... especially with having 16 oh, people in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I know. That's like half the field. <laughs> it's, it's certainly half of, it's it's more than half of the competitive field. If exactly. You think about, like, who's competing for, you know, top, say, like, I think probably like the top 20 to 25, maybe. Yeah. Like, because you, you, you know, you occasionally feel like Bubba Wallace is. I don't even remember where he is in points, but uh, I think he's around twenty first or so. Yeah, twenty. Right, 
And like, you've seen that car occasionally compete in the top five. And so I would say that that's probably the cutoff for like semi-competitive cars. Everything below that is pretty much trash. Yeah. But so like once you get outside the top 25, like there's no chance any of those are ever going to win a race unless there's like a rain delay and they happen to stay out. Like looking at you, Justin Haley. Um, <laughs> yeah, because even plate races anymore, it's like, yeah. I, even if it's so, like, there's so many wrecks, we always see Denny Hamlin win or something. It's like, <laughs> you, to, you still have to have a fast car. Yeah, exactly. Especially with all the aerodynamics and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, precisely. So, you know, 16 out of 25, that's that's a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're taking all the starch out of the elimination when 64% of the competitive cars make it. And when it was 10, 12, you know, you'd occasionally see, you know, a Kyle Busch get knocked out or yeah. not make it. Matt you'd Kenseth. occasionally see, you know, right, Matt Kenseth, Clint Boyer, Jeff Gordon. I mean, Jeff Gordon would have missed the playoffs if not for a spin gate in whatever year that was. I think Tony Stewart missed a season too. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, you're talking about like multi time champions, defending least, champions, even, or at least, you no, know, drivers with, you know, championship winning teams not making the the chase for the championship yeah. at all because i mean they had some bad races that's, that's, that's compelling tv yeah it makes you it does make you watch the regular season i have to say i mean if I you're felt... gonna show up for those last five you know regular season races being like all right who's gonna make a push who's gonna fall back like you know can right. so snag a win even though they've had kind of an off year like obviously now you know Kyle Busch has had a terrible season. He still made it. And I don't necessarily know if he would have in an older format, and I think that's kind of the problem. And I don't think Jimmy Johnson should have even been in the discussion to even potentially make it. God, no. (laughs) Like, it was this awful. And he was still like, ooh, can Jimmy Johnson make it? It's like, he probably shouldn't. Yeah, like, I, at the very least, if they're going to do the elimination playoff thing... The field should just be whittled down to 12 from the beginning. Yeah. Like, I was telling Zach the other day, like, they should do 12 and, like, eliminate, I think I said three. Keep the yeah. same rounds, just eliminate three each time. Yeah, that could work. I think that's a good idea. They wouldn't have to change much. No, you wouldn't have to change much, but you would make the regular season so much more interesting. I have yeah. a wild idea of making the playoffs basically the entire year where it's like after nine races, you have the top like 20 or something <laughs> or top 25. It was a wild idea, but you just eliminate people every few weeks until you so get essentially the front, the front third of the season would essentially be like the seeding rounds. And then from there, you would like go through the rest of the season. That's, that's, if they're going to do playoffs, <laughs> might as well do it the whole season. Like, honestly, <laughs> that is yeah. interesting. I think um, that would drive some people crazy. I, shit, I'm already driving crazy. <laughs> Might as well go full stupid. Like, And you know, that would have eliminated Kyle Busch in 2015. Yeah. If they would have done something like that. And I, who, um, you know what's funny is, just, you know, topic again for a second, but that 2015 season where he won the title, I, when he got injured, I... I looked at the money line at Vegas and it was like 10,000 to one. And I, wow. there was a part of me that was like, I'm going to bet that Kyle Busch is going to win the championship. And because 
I and this is this is an old blog before I ever knew you guys, but I wrote that like this was going to be his season to win a championship because they dropped their reduced horsepower, they increased downforce, and at that at that time the 2015 Cup car was basically the 2014 Xfinity car, and he brought his 2014 Xfinity Crew Chief with him, and I was like, this is the perfect storm. True. Like this is the season he's going to clean up because this is the package that he's the most comfortable with. He's got the crew chief that already knows how to work on it. Like he's gonna clean house. And then he got it, and then he broke his leg. And I was like, well, the playoffs, if he comes back early enough, he can still win this thing. And I like I was so tempted to put a bet down and I just didn't do it because I didn't know what his situation was. And like I would be sitting pretty right now if I made that bet. Wow. <laughs> that is crazy. And, but I like I had him winning the title before the season started, and obviously, like then he broke his leg and like we didn't know what was going on and like so but i wasn't at all surprised when he came back and won as much as he did that year they're like right i, I was also was surprised when he won sonoma season, but like, <laughs> oh yeah that was crazy that was but for anyone that calls that championship it was like he won five races in like 20 weeks or something mm-hmm. to even make it so like fuck you yeah. <laughs> I think, like, I mean, not... I saw it at the time. He basically deserved it because, I mean, no I one's early season like, matters like, anyway. Yeah, like, he didn't run the full season, whatever, but, like, he won. It doesn't matter. just qualify. Yeah, like, Kevin like, Harvick he... didn't really do that. Well, he, even if he did, it's like it didn't really help him that much to get to Homestead. Yeah. So it's like it doesn't really fucking matter. Like, <laughs> It's not know. like he was sitting on his couch like, I'm just going to take a vacation until May. No. Like, obviously, there was mitigating circumstance. Like, that championship is just as legitimate as any other one. But, yeah, that's the whole... I could go off... I, ugh, yeah. Those people make me so mad. <laughs> yeah, we had a really good conversation today about uh, NASCAR and such. Um, but I just want to say thank you for getting on the... Coming on the podcast. Yes, well, thank, thank you. you. Um, it, was, it was a good time. Again, Mark has his... Uh, what do you call it? A blog? Or... Yeah, because well, I'm not, like, reviewing people. And I don't have a credential or anything, yeah. so I'm not, you know, I would love one. But, uh, no, it's just a blog right now. Um, yeah, you have a lot of good articles. It work in the future, but, uh, you know, Jerry's still out on that. I'm trying to work for a couple of different actual magazines. So we'll see what happens. But um, okay. right now it's just me yeah. doing my own thing. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you got one about NASCAR finally got its yellow call line right twice. So it sounds like a hot that topic. Um, made people really mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll link it in the description of the podcast for those listening. If you want to check out Mark's stuff, um, your Twitter is at Clutch and Coast. Yep. Um, Back when fuel mileage mattered, and you'd have to do that to save gas. To it, <laughs> it all comes full circle. All comes full circle. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Mark, for being on the podcast today. Um, no problem, maybe, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, maybe some other time. But um, have a good weekend. And be stay safe. You too. Take care, guys. Take care. Bye. All right. That was so cool. That was a lot of fun. We talked a lot. Um, not even just about Kyle Larson. Um, that was a great conversation. That was. Thank you again to him for coming on. That was awesome. First straight person on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so moving on. Um. Second half the podcast. I think that's a good. What we talked about at the end was a kind of a good segue to to the Roval. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about the Roval. So basically, the first 
not the first rain NASCAR race, but the first like weekend of rain racing, I want to say, um, first yeah. cup like ever on rain tires. Um, the Xfinity race was a monsoon. Um, did you watch both races, Alex? I did. I absolutely loved the Xfinity race. I, I had so much fun watching it. Well, as cup I always great too. I need to stop cutting people off. I talk too much. Oh my god. Um. Anyways, I. You're fine. No, I'm not. I keep cutting people off. I cut Mark off so much. I was like, mm. anyway, <laughs> my I run my mouth too much. That's why I have a whole ass podcast with my best friend, and that's why we run for two fucking hours. <laughs> Anyways, my problem with all NASCAR racing again is stages. Um, so it makes it mm. hard to really enjoy a race. But we're disregarding that. The Xfinity race was good, so good. It was great. So much action. Um, a lot of people did not like it, which, like, bro, like, they, I, even some reporters were like, I don't think this should be the playoff cutoff race. I think that's really stupid for many. I understand the point that they're trying to say, like, they didn't think it should be Talladega and the Roval in the same round. That, yeah, that. That makes sense. I understand that part. I think it's fine. Yeah, I but think, again, playoffs think, are dumb anyway. Like, yeah, so Talladega's like not the reason the playoffs are dumb. If if anything, put Talladega in round one because like if you're if you're high in points, you're not going to be out anyway. Yeah, like make that the elimination for round one or something. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I had so much fun watching this race. Like, if, honestly, this is the first time you've got to see. I think specifically the Xfinity guys like have to. Because they had the race in the actual rain. It was actually raining. Yeah. Like, this, was, they had to show so much skill. More skill than they've had to do show all year, in my yeah. mind. It was hard. I mean, we had... So, here's the thing. The first stage was filled with wrecks. And people saw that on Twitter, and they're like, no, this is not good. They should not be racing mm -hmm. in the rain right now. My mom said the same thing. She was like, how are they <laughs> racing in the rain? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, and, but... By the time they got to stage two, I think everyone kind of got to figure it out, and there's a lot less accidents, and we started getting some green flag runs. Um, yeah, stage one was a little messy, I will admit, but yeah. once they got, they kind of got the groove of it. They figured it out. It was a mm -hmm. fantastic run. I think something else that was messy was kind of on NASCAR's part for not having proper like lighting in the infield road course part of the track. And the and the track didn't have like the draining for yeah. heavy downpours. So. They had to red flag the race because it was it did start raining too hard and that does happen in like even F one and uh what's it called IMSA right, but mm. the problem with Charlotte Roval specifically is there's apparently not enough draining, like on the track for the rainwater to go so it just kind of sits on the track, mm. um, which I didn't really think about until someone brought it up, but that is a thing that's what a lot of drivers are struggling with. So, Charlotte Roval, in terms of a track for rain racing, isn't exactly designed for it. So, I think that definitely, there was definitely some issues with that. But There was definitely a lot of oversight. Like, they didn't think yeah. about having an actual rain race. Also, because the TV wants to start so late. Mm -hmm. So, it's like they're going to run into the problem. It has to be at night, and they don't have lights in the infield, like permanent lights. But again, though, it wasn't that bad. Like, I... I the, the, it's all really the good. The drivers race. complained. The drivers complained a lot. I was good. sending you 
I'll send a few tweets of AJ Allmendinger who won the Xfinity race. He was pissed off. Oh, about the, the, visi the visibility is different. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't think that was very safe. And I guess, I guess the giant TV screen they have on the backstretch, I guess that was causing so much glare that they couldn't see yeah. shit either. Yeah, I so. know when I play the F1 game, if it's raining, all the lights make it really hard to see where the fuck you gotta go. Oh, man. Because it's just glaring off the track. So, I can relate to that. Um, they definitely have a point there. Um, but again, though, and, every driver has the same problem. And, yeah, like, I, I think visibility needs to be better, but in terms of just the actual, like, racing, the grip of the tires, I think I think a lot of drivers are being babies, low-key. Um, and I'm not saying I can go do that, because obviously I can't. I'm not a race car driver. Um, I'm not mm. paid to drive race cars. They are paid to drive race cars, and they can... They did it. They Most of them did it. Like, people are like, no, this isn't going to be... This isn't racing. That's what... God, someone on Twitter said this isn't racing. I was like... I did y'all watch Talladega? I bet you liked Talladega <laughs> last week. Hmm, weird. Anyways. Interesting. But, well, oh, there's some really good battles, though. Especially, like, coming off of the infield portion and then going... Oh, my God, I know. ...to, like, the back straightaway and the banking. Seeing stock cars race on the banking, like, going three wide, coming to the chicane, that was NASCAR racing. And we saw more of that in the cup race at the beginning. Literally, I think they were side-by-side side for the entire first lap. Denny Hamlin and whoever started mm -hmm. beside him. They were side-by-side side yeah. for the entire first lap. I think they were side-by-side side the first, like, two, three laps, if yeah. I remember right. And the thing about Mark said this, the more that you have to be off the throttle and on the brakes, the better the driver skill comes in. And you see this in F1. Steve Latart or Jeff Burton mentioned this on the broadcast. Rain racing removes a lot of the element of the car. And I think as NASCAR, NASCAR on the driver, NASCAR is better as a driver sport. Like the drivers, the drivers are the stars anyway, right? Um, yeah. I'm not saying NASCAR needs to be a spec series. I'm saying, um, especially in the time that we are, drivers need more input on the performance of the car in terms of like they need to be able to drive the car faster. Not they're just kind of stuck with what they have, um, mm -hmm. because all they can do is hold the pedal down to the floor and turn the steering wheel like um but that, I, that yeah. battle between briscoe and almondinger was some of the best racing i've seen all year oh yeah i need like, to go really? watch it like because i don't it's been that's the problem with doing this on thursday i don't even remember the races now at this point right but <laughs> right but again yeah i remember something like chase briscoe and aj almondinger they did have a good battle now that i think about it um and it was like a 10 to 15 lap battle. And I think there were some cautions in there too. They had to keep restarting. Um, and like, that takes so much skill. The track is, it was soaked pretty I got much. Nervous. I was getting nervous for AJ. I'm like, he has one more lap, but like he could fuck up. Yeah. And you had Gregson doing, you know, he was hitting everything. He was hitting the wall, every, you know what, every wall out there. Was but the he still finished like, yeah, he really was. Um, like, he was hitting everything, but hey, he was driving that thing up yeah. there. <laughs> he finished second. I make a joke every week about before the Xfinity Lights. So who's going to wreck first, Noah Gregson or Riley Herbst? And then <laughs> Riley Herbst turned Noah Gregson, which 
that, was, that was so right funny. before the red flag. It sent Twitter into because a lot of Noah Gregson has a lot of fans on whatever, and uh-huh. it's it was so crazy because people were calling out Riley Herps for running away and. They were like, because Noah was like, oh, I don't get mad, I get even. Um, I was like, whatever. But then Noah, like, he passed Riley in the, I think in the front stretch chicane or something. But then he, like, I think he, like, made contact with him. But then Noah just, like, locked up his brakes going into turn one. And then Riley went on by. It was really funny. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, Noah's kind of a clown. But damn, he wheeled the fuck out of that car. Um on saturday which i i I have to i gotta give him credit i don't like him that much but damn i agree did it like that's the thing about you had you had uh sorry to interrupt you you had myatt snyder up there at a point you had a (gasps) bunch of guys i I, I love myatt snyder you but you know he ended up spinning out and you know he didn't finish great but you had a bunch of guys come up there in top five top ten you normally don't see up there and it was just so cool yeah. It's like a plate race, except the driver actually worked for the spot and yeah, didn't just get exactly. lucky with the draft. And I mean, I'm not saying like, plate racing is just luck, but like... Like, these guys had to manhandle these cars yeah. to race up to their, in a top five and lower team cars. Like, you had Brandon Brown leading the race at one point. Oh, yeah. He's from Fredericksburg, Virginia, which I live near, by the way. Um, so, yeah. shout out to Brandon Brown. Um, I want to check you out know, the race shop. Oh, is that a thing you can do? That'd be I, cool. I, my uh, my friend's dad was talking about it. Um, oh, we were watching. Oh, we were watching Talladega in the spring, the Xfinity race mm-hmm. in the spring, and he was like, "Oh, like he, oh, do you know Brandon Brown from Fredericksburg?" I'm like, "Yeah," and he was like, "Oh, I want to go see his race shop and blah blah blah." But yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, but I think this specifically the Xfinity race and also the Cup race. Quite frankly, this was everything NASCAR is about like for entertainment purposes yeah but but like it was for it was actual genuine entertainment not fabricated entertainment because like, like you know good <laughs> race like like you know i was so mad about talladega last week and same people who were kind of bashing that were bashing this but i was like talladega isn't real like real racing that's yeah. just luck this is about skill and i like skill mm-hmm so it makes for and it it's the reason we like race car drivers because they drive race cars and yeah. the harder it is to drive a race car the more cool they are like <laughs> sorry i sound like a five-year-old but that's kind of why we watch racing or yeah. that's why we like race car drivers because they do cool shit and, and chase elliott has become so fun to watch on these road course races like, Steve Letarte did it two years in a row now. He counts out Chase Elliott early. He comes back and wins anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kyle Busch in the cup race was marching through the field. His car was all torn up. and then Kyle Busch was a star Sunday. That was... The battle like, at oh my the God, end. Kyle Busch is going to win this race. Do you remember the then battle I... at the end? The five car... like five or six yeah, cars yeah. were all lined up. I'm now. so sad that Kaufman came out. I don't know if they couldn't pass each other because of, like, they were getting dirty air. I mean, they had the short spoilers, but, again, Gen 6 car. Um, Or if they were just, that's just the nature of the road course. Or if they were all just saving their stuff. Because Loki, I felt like Alex Bowman, again, he was having anxiety at the end of the race. And we'll get more on that later. 
but mm-hmm. I, I think he was struggling to make a move because he wanted, he was being really careful. I think he didn't want to fuck up because if he he was kind of on that bubble and if he would have like wrecked well, him, Yeah, if Kyle Bush won, Joey Logano was up there too. If Kyle Bush would have won, either Logano or Bowman would be out. And Logano was in a better position. Um, he had more points. Yes. So Bowman, yes. like, if he would have, like, made a move and then spun or wrecked, most likely the end of his playoff. So I think that kind of just made everyone run in the train. And Kyle Bush was – he was – I was rooting for him just because I want to see him compete for the championship this year. I think it would be a good storyline, yeah. I guess, best as we can get. Um, if he just came out of nowhere, won the Roval, which is the only track he hasn't won at on the schedule as of this year. Well, right. I guess Daytona Road Course, but anyway, you know what I mean. Um, and then going into the round of eight, it's like, oh, Rick Allen's going to be like, oh, well, Kyle Bush, can he make the round of four? <laughs> like, And then he's like, oh, God. I, I, I was just rooting for him. Kyle Bush is a great race car driver. And- I still don't understand the call to keep him out there. I really don't. Yeah, because they uh, kept him out. That one caution. Because they had no fuel. They didn't have enough fuel. Was he the... How did that happen? I forgot. Well, a caution came out. I forget what the caution was. And that but ruined Kyle... like, the five-car battle we had. Yeah. Of course. Um, but Kyle Busch had just stayed out. He was like the only one to stay out, except for maybe like two other cars or something. And they didn't have enough fuel. So I'm just, I'm thinking, so if you don't have enough fuel and you're in the must-win situation, why don't you, why didn't, I don't understand that. Like, maybe they thought it was going, that storm was coming? That's kind of, because there was maybe. a storm coming. Yeah, and they, were, they thinking, were talking about rain. Like, maybe the lightning was, like, in the race. Maybe that's what yeah, Adam I, Stevens well, was more thinking, like, but. More like that everyone would then have to get on rain tires, so it's like, they just gain traction. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe that's what they were thinking. I wish I, I, wish I need to go back know. and watch because I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, that... I think they were kind of in a box because they had to win the race, and I think yeah, maybe but I don't they think felt. Kyle, I, I don't think Kyle was in a spot where if he pitted, everyone was going to stay out because everyone needed fuel. So I don't yeah. see what he would have lost if he would have pitted. I guess they felt like they just couldn't win the race from just staying on the same strategy, which again we can argue that maybe because i don't yeah i don't know i have no idea um but i don't know this is a great weekend for nascar i thought um i hope i mean you made a tweet during xfinity race that you think nascar needs to figure out rain racing on the ovals yeah i felt nervous to make that tweet because i've in my mind yeah in my mind that's a hot take so go ahead and explain your thought here I've seen people make that tweet before, and people were like, you're fucking stupid. Like, you don't understand racing. You don't understand blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So here's my reasoning. (laughs) Well, number (laughs) one, the fuck we doing with rain delays? Like, no, we can all agree. We don't like rain delays. If there's a way to get rid of rain delays, not have rain ruin races, um, you know, we would do it. Um, Of course... That's not realistic. Uh, rain happens. We can't just cover the track with a roof. It's too much, too much surface area of asphalt to cover with a tarp. It's just not, yeah. not feasible, right? Um, and I think rain racing, especially for road courses, as we see, 
they introduce another element of not only strategy, but of driver skill and just kind of the nature, the dynamic nature of races. Like, I think running down the 40 to go and it's like, oh, rain might be coming. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. drama. And it's natural, quite literally natural drama. Like, <laughs> from Mother Nature herself. <laughs> like, quite literally, not even artificial. Like, I think it's great. So, as an oval racing series, I'm just like, there's got to be some way. There has to be some way to do it. There has to. Like, And my argument against it is that they're just going to be going too fast. Um, when I made a tweet last night asking, what do you guys want to talk about? Someone mentioned um, rain racing on the ovals. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and they mentioned New Hampshire and Martinsville as, like, places yeah. they could try it out at. I, I think, think that's feasible. I think definitely short tracks and any well any track with a braking zone, they can do um, they can do ring racing because what I I might be stupid, I might be missing something. But what's <laughs> the difference between Martinsville and a road course? I mean, there's a lot of differences, but uh, yes, but like <laughs> at Martinsville, you go, you have a straightaway and you break into a corner. At road courses, you have straightaways and you break into a corner. I, like, didn't, didn't Daryl Walter boys compare Martinsville to the road courses? Well, Marcus like, Ambrose ran better road, short tracks. And so did AJ Almond, AJ Almondinger, and Juan Pablo Montoya did yeah. too. And I think that just reflects that they're good race car drivers and they're multidisciplined mm-hmm. and they know how to work brakes. And that goes back to what Mark said about braking and driver skill. But yeah, I'm I'm guessing rain racing is safe. Because, or it can work when drivers have to brake because it slows the cars down. Mm-hmm. So, at it's definitely at short tracks, I feel like it can work. Now, when you get to like high banked mile and a half, even I'm you know, I'm just like, mm, can it work? And I don't think I Charlotte don't think Roval, so. I don't think Charlotte Roval is a good example of like cars on banking. Well, maybe it is, I don't know, I don't know the comparison right, of speeds. Right. Um, but because here's the thing about like, oh, they're just going too fast. Well, then slow down. Like, <laughs> and like quite literally, like, well, then, you know, all drivers are dealing with the same thing. Just slow down then because to go or to go fast, you sometimes have to go slow. I mean, mm-hmm. like, that's just like saying, well, this turn is too slow. Like, well, that's why they break for it. So, like, what? <laughs> like, I, I, I know that's I'd dumbing like it down. Try but... it. I'd like them to try it, like a Martinsville. I think I think Martinsville would be a good one. That's I like, think there's no... You know what? We're, we're going to bring rain tires. If it rains, we'll try it. I think at, at the very least, they'd be fine if the track was damp. Yeah. You know? Like, I think if it's, like, downpouring, don't do it. Well, I think that's just um, in general, and Charlotte Roble proved that, especially with these ovals that yeah. are designed to drain water, like, because that'd be a problem, too. And, you know, these ovals probably aren't made to drain water, either. Yeah. Like, at least not, like, very fast as we could race on it. Mm-hmm. Damn it, that's true. But at least, I, like, I, damp track, I'd yeah. be, I'd be curious to see them try it, at least at Martinsville. Maybe Bristol. I feel like Bristol's a bit faster. Mm-hmm. But and that's yeah. exactly the thing, though, because if NASCAR is going to be such an entertainment product, they don't give a fuck about the integrity of the sport. 
So why do they care about rain racing, like, not being a thing on ovals? Like, mm-hmm. well, obviously it's not possible now with an asterisk, but I think, I just feel like they obviously, like, it'd be entertaining, right? I mean, it'd be entertaining. That's why, Dirt Bristol, that's why Dirt Bristol's happening, because it's, <laughs> it's a fucking yeah. wild concept and it's gonna get people I'm still to not happy i'm still not happy about that <laughs> i don't know i i understand like again i'd rather have two concrete bristol races than one dirt yeah. race but we'll see how it goes I, I i'm in the camp of like well i want to see them try it first because i don't really know what it's going to be like i don't know what cup cars on dirt's going to be like so let's just do it instead of complaining about it because <laughs> I think yeah. Bristol Motor Speedway, they will reverse it if it's a dumb idea. I have confidence. Maybe. I think it's similar to the Roval idea. Yeah. Um, when that came about in the first place, a lot of people weren't happy about it. People were like, why the hell are you doing this? Um, and, you know, it's been a hit. The Roval has. Mm-hmm. So Big hit. If it happens, it if it works, it'll work. Um, I don't... I think this kind of... It sounds like Eldora isn't going going to have the trucks anymore so i guess maybe they want uh, maybe that's why fox wanted a dirt race yeah that airport came out um yeah we'll we'll see what happens but mm-hmm. i'm very pessimistic about it i guess because i went to dirt races growing up and the, the adora truck race isn't the best example of dirt racing at all yeah. and i feel like it's gonna be very very similar to that if even that I can kind of see that, because um, I, th- I guess dirt cars are a lot lighter, and yeah, they're a lot more, um, I don't know, I don't know anything about cars again, but, I don't know, I think the truck races have been decent at Eldora, like. Yeah, they're they're decent, but you know, this it's still not like the yeah. best example of what dirt racing is and can be. I think it'll be interesting to see, and definitely if Larson's in the race next year. Um, <laughs> or, well, I mean, a lot of... Well, Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace has won an Eldora race. Bubba Wallace won the Eldora truck race. Yeah. Austin yeah. Dillon won Austin the first Dillon one. won the first one um, in the 39 car. Uh, Ryan Newman's good on dirt. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I think it'd be cool. I, I'm glad they're trying it. Um and if anything, do it for an all-star race. Like, I would have rather, like I've said before, than do it like the Charlotte dirt track or something, Texas dirt track. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> I feel like the all-star race could have stayed in Charlotte if they just, like, used the four different layouts they have. Like, they have yeah, they have oval, they have road course, they have quad oval, um, or the quarter <laughs> mile, rather, um, and then they have the dirt track. Um, mm-hmm. Like, why not? <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, yeah. We already talked about <laughs> Texas being the all-star race and what they mm-hmm. could possibly do for that in another episode. But um, So, yeah, oval rain racing, I think they should look into it more. I understand it's probably not feasible or possible. I don't... Whether... It, ugh, I hate when we're like, well, it's not safe. Bitch, no the fuck it's not. Talladega isn't safe. Like, so no, we're going to stop not. racing at Talladega? Like, oh, if only. <laughs> does Ryan Newman have to get killed before we stop doing that? I'm just saying. And I like super yeah. speedway racing, 
I don't like seeing Ryan Newman almost die. Mm-hmm. I will not maybe not give up, but we need to change something. Like, damn. But whatever. Um. Right. So. So. Yeah. Gotta move on to our. We had so the pride car no that pride did not car. happen. Damn. I was like, I. Listen, they were loading the car up onto the trailer. I'm like, there's still a chance. There's still a chance they're going to wrap that bitch in rainbow. They didn't. Rest in peace. I think we'll see it next year, though. I think there's a chance we'll see something next yeah. year. Maybe in June. That'd be really cool. I still got to make a concept for... And I feel like Alex Bowman is just, like, a good representative for that. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have my own thoughts about him, personally. But, um... I don't think he's gay. That's not what I meant. That, I, let me get that clear. I don't think he's gay, but I just feel like he's... I feel like the nature of him... And, well, let's talk about that. Anxiety. He has anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. Which, apparently, like he said on the radio, and then Jim Utter's dumbass was like, hashtag anxiety Alex. And that really got Twitter mad. Which, I, personally, I have anxiety. I wasn't really offended by it, but... I don't, I don't, my anxiety hasn't really ruined my life lately. Like, I think. I'm someone with very bad anxiety, and it was in very poor taste of Jim Utter to make fun of that. I know he says it's not what he meant, or whatever. He didn't even apologize, um, really. He was just gaslighting. Like, if, if I'm Alex Bowman, and there's a reporter that's being like, hashtag anxiety Alex, about me, and I'm like, (laughs) why the hell are you doing that? Like, my anxiety isn't, like, my brand. Exactly. <laughs> like, sometimes it feels like it is, but, like, it's it's not. Like, that's, that's not his identity either. Like, if, okay, so Kyle Bush breaks his leg, do we call him one-legged Kyle now? That's it's Ryan Newman, car above me, almost <laughs> died Newman. <laughs> I'm going to hell. I can't believe <laughs> No, I laughed at that. Oh, my God. Anyways. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, I'm going to hell. I gotta stop. You already gay. That you're already going to hell. That though, got so. me. Corey LaJoy on top of me. No, stop. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. God. I wish your name was Zachary. I'd be like Zachary. That was so. I ap- no damn. listeners. I apologize. That was not good. That was a bad accident. I know that I, accident was not a good I, time for I'm, people. I'm, I'm glad I made you laugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad and, I laughed. And that destroyed the front end of Newman's car. <laughs> no. No, we anyway. gotta stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. That, that record was um, awful. But, um, it was awful. And, but he's okay. Yeah. That's yeah. what's important. I don't know if he jokes about uh, it. But what did Mike Joyce say one time? They were doing the iRacing Talladega race, and he said... Is that another car on top of Newman? He said something like that. He said something about that, and I was like, Mike, not (laughs) too soon. God damn. I guess it was Chastain. I think it was over the six car. Something like that happened. Something like that. But anyway, just um, put a bow on this lovely topic. Um, What Jim Mutter said was very distasteful, and I'm... You know, Ally and Alex Bowman are going to be a great pairing in my mind. The Ally's PR person who I've really grown to like. I really have grown to like Ally. What's her name? Andrea. I don't know her last name. I thought she was the CEO. She's the PR or something. I think she runs like the social media or something. I don't know. But 
But, you know, she uh, backed up Alex Bowman when this happened. You know, she has just been great. She's organized a thing with Noah Lefty and Jimmy Johnson. She is... Noah got some merch. I'm very excited to see what happens with Bowman and Ally uh, next year. Because they have... They have his back, and you don't, you know, a lot of sponsors do have the driver's back, but you don't see it like this that often. And with again, a personal issue such as anxiety, I think Alex Bowman is just such a good role model for them because Ally seems very progressive. Just the uh-huh. fact that they reached out to Noah in the first place, and I believe they have some kind of like Pride merch or something. I bet they will soon. Yeah, we um, saw that Noah. Yeah, we there's saw some, I, there's some pride merch in there that you uh-huh. hid on purpose. I smell something gay in that picture. And I want it. I want it too. My gay ass will wear it. But... I've been considering making Bowman my main driver because of how good Ally has been. Like, I'm still going to be a Blaney simp, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's but... making me love Alex Bowman. My love for Alex Bowman kind of died. Because, I mean, I liked him after he replaced Dale Jr. Because why not? And I honestly mm-hmm. love Alex Bowman. He's He's so wholesome. He's so cute. He's, mm-hmm. he's, I love his voice. His voice is just like, ah, uh, well, woo NASCAR, ha. Like, it's so adorable. And, woo NASCAR. And now he's going to the 48 car and Ally and, oh, God. I want to design something, his car next year, even though everyone else is mm-hmm. doing it. And I want to make a version of it that's like the same shapes, but with rainbow. So it's like another Ally Pride car. Uh uh-huh. Hopefully that Noah doesn't cool. sue me. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, love Alex Bowman. Do we have anything else to say about the Roble? I think um, we kind of hit everything. Well, again, I hate stage racing. <laughs> I think I mentioned it when we were talking to Mark. Ty Dillon's oh, yeah. incredible first stage play got oh, yeah, Ty Dillon. diluted because yeah. we had to throw the caution to give only one playoff driver points because only one of them made it into the top 10. So I, I hate yeah. stage racing. I know there's like some benefits like, oh, now they're racing like really hard to get stage points, but like it, it rarely happens. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like cautions. It breaks the pace of the race. I mean, the only ones you really saw up there at the end of stage two were Logano, Bowman, the guys who were like on the bubble. Truex was up there. Yeah. So, I don't know. Stages don't really do what they wanted them to do. Yeah, they don't. Um, in terms of IndyCar, last night or night before, um, we found out that Felix Rosenquist is going to Aero McLaren in the 7 car. Because apparently Askew's out. There's some drama with Askew that I don't exactly understand. Yeah, this came out of nowhere. Felix Rosenquist. Um, so, I thought... So, Jimmy Johnson's going to Ganassi... Um, for IndyCar, pretty much the whole season, just everything but the ovals. Um, and it was announced a couple of days ago that Askew is out at McLaren. So and now it's Rosenquist replacing him over there. And now I thought what Ganassi was going to do was kick out Marcus Erickson. I thought that's what they're going to do and yeah. make that the Jimmy Johnson car. Um, but apparently that's not what they're doing. So I think what they're what it seems to me they might not, um, but I think they're gonna have Erickson move to the ten car. Um, and they'll put Johnson in that third car. Yeah, whatever. Number. Um, Possibly forty eight. 
Possibly. That seems. That seems to be what's going on here. I can see Fillgate because um, IndyCar is less about. Well, I mean, it's less about, but also kind of more about driver numbers and numbers in general. Yeah. It's like, like I don't know a good example of this. Um, I, you know, I've heard. Sorry to cut you off. I've heard that Tony Kanaan. I've read that Tony Kanaan's probably going to do the ovals for Jimmy Johnson's car. Which makes sense. He wants to do races with fans and everything yeah. um, before he officially retires. Um, I don't know. This just kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't. I thought the silly season for IndyCar was kind of done. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's not. And I, you know, ask you. Everyone kind of just has James Hinchcliffe locked in for the twenty-six car for next season, and Elliot Castroneves is still there. You have uh, Sergio Perez is still probably coming from F1 to IndyCar. Oh, I didn't there's even still, think about that. There's still some question marks about yeah. the IndyCar silly season. Sergio Perez um, would be really cool to see in IndyCar, I have to say. And I've heard some people saying that Jensen Button might come over. What the hell? I've heard that. Um, wow. I don't know how true that is, but maybe McLaren's going to run That's that third so... car they ran for Alonso, and it'll be like an F1 former f1 car <laughs> i like seeing all the f1 coming to indycar it's just like me too i don't understand it because i feel like indycar is such a shithole right now with the schedule i'm just like how is this happening i don't know i think a lot of them it's just they want to keep racing but there's not a spot in f1 yeah and this is probably as close as they can get and also you get to run the indianapolis 500 that's true i mean I the indianapolis 500 part is of it. huge and it's similar to F1's claimer, like, that they mm-hmm. have every race. Indy, Indianap- or IndyCar can have it at Indianapolis. Um, I'm just looking at yeah. the points because, um, honestly, I don't have a good sense of the IndyCar field behind the championship leaders. Mm-hmm. But um, Marcus Erickson is 15th in points. Felix Rosenquist is 10th in points. Um, Erickson has just five top 10s, or eight... No, Erickson has eight top tens. Wow. But Erickson's had some good runs. When he doesn't run well, it's like very bad. And what you said about Kanan, I could see someone mentioned that maybe Askew will run the ovals in Jimmy's car, or I think Kanan seems likely because it just makes sense. And I know Kanan's driven for Ganassi before. So. I don't think Askew would want to be relegated to a part-time schedule after yeah. just one season. And if that's all he can hit, then maybe, but I think they, I think Kanan is more likely for the ovals. And then he's just going to do four races, so it wouldn't be very good anyway, so... Yeah, yeah. But that's IndyCar. Um, yeah. Last week we picked all of the winners. So we had, what, we had we did. Xfinity, Cup, and F1. Mm-hmm. You picked AJ Allmendinger. That I did. You also picked Lewis Hamilton. So Lewis Hamilton won Nurburgring. I was... So what I've been doing for F1 races, I've been, like, not waking up early for them because, like, the semester's getting real and I want sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. So I slept in and then my dumbass autopiloted to Twitter because I just zoned out. And then I saw a picture of Lewis getting the helmet from Mick Schumacher because he tied Michael Schumacher's record, which... By the way, really cool that Lewis Hamilton is tying a record while wearing mm-hmm. like a Black Lives Matter mask. I just think that's so that's cool. That's so cool. Um, I think it's, you text me like, 
I'm gonna watch the F1 race in a little bit. Don't send me spoilers, smiley face. And then you're like, five minutes later, God damn it, I logged into Twitter. <laughs> because I, auto, I oh last God. time I did it, I deleted Twitter. But like literally, when I wake up, I, I, I just zoned out. And I just went on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a picture. And the picture grabbed my attention. Um, no, I, I do that too. I think it's just that something sucks. in my brain. But it's whatever. So I'm gonna make... I'm going to take precautions. Well, I recorded it on my TV, and I forgot to record it in HD anyway. Uh, but I could have just watched it on my PS4. But what, whatever. That's not the. That's not what's important. Lewis Hamilton won. That's See, mm-hmm. I went off on a tangent. Going off on another tangent again. Lewis Hamilton won. I picked Valtteri. Valtteri had a lot of issues, I think. What were they even about? I don't even know. He had an issue. I think he had to pit early. For something, yeah, I, think I he flat spotted a tire. Thank I was know. at work when the F1 race happened, but it sounded like he had a tire issue yeah. at the very least. And then Verstappen was second and third. Well, they had a safety car at some point, but it didn't really change things too much. Um, mm-hmm. Daniel Ricardo got his first podium with Renault, so that was cool. Um, I'm really mad I missed that because it sounded really fun. So, GG Daniel, GG Max, um, GG Lewis, pretty good. Um, so, yeah. And then I picked Chase Elliott for the cup race, because why the fuck wouldn't I not? He's won four straight road course races now, so. And I picked Eric Jones, who, by the way, was in the top five for most yeah. of that race. Yeah, you, I, I, when you said, when you made that pick, I was like, interesting, and I see why you made that pick now. You, you're smart. You were very skeptical. I was very skeptical. Yeah, thank you. So... <laughs> For trucks, I think I picked. Shoot. So I, I believe you pick first for okay. trucks because I think I got the point. Let me just double check. Yeah. I yeah, I picked Moffitt last time they ran. He got seventh, and you picked Endfinger at thirteenth. Okay. Oh, they also have IndyCar this weekend, right? No, it's it's next weekend. Are you sure? Yep. I had checked. Are you sure? Yes. I'm checking right now. I feel like it's this weekend. Girl. 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 It's gotta be, isn't it? No, it's on the 24th. It's next weekend. The 24th. It's like a couple days before Halloween. You're right. You're totally (laughs) right. I really thought it was this weekend. Anyways. um, No F1, which got me mad. Um, Yeah, I thought there was. I was upset. I could actually watch this weekend. So they're going to Kansas. Um, Yep. I think Austin Hill won there earlier this year. I look, you want to pick him? I think it was Hill and Crafton who won the Kansas race. It was this a doubleheader, you're right. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with Sheldon Creed. Okay. I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I don't know if you're looking at Austin Hill, but I'm going to give you that. Um, I don't know if I should have done that, though. I so, just, yeah, I always pick, I am going, I am going with Austin Hill. <laughs> I always pick Austin Hill or Sheldon Creed, I feel like, because I feel like I don't really know who else really competes for what. Zane Smith competes for wins sometimes. I think he could probably do something. And, yeah. And I know Sam Mayer won at Las Vegas or whatever, but I don't even know if he's entered. Um, so Xfinity, I get to pick first. Um, ooh, this is. Kansas. It's a night race. First time Xfinity has run at Kansas at night. I'm very excited to watch this. Are you going to be there or just... So they are only letting fans in on Sunday, unfortunately. I Um, would be otherwise. I want to say Brandon Jones again. He's going for three in a row. Um, (laughs) Is he still in the playoffs? 
He is, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, Harrison, by the way, we didn't even talk about the playoff picture. Um, Harrison missed the playoffs. Oh, I'm sad. Yeah, me too. Um, he deserves better, but that's the playoffs. Um, meanwhile, Brandon Jones made it through, which is embarrassing. Um, we used to clown I, Brandon Jones so much. I think, I don't. I think the field's kind of not as strong in Xfinity. That's why he's doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to pick him because I feel like it's too obvious. Nah, I'm picking Chase Briscoe. <laughs> I'm picking Chase Briscoe. <laughs> nah, right. I should have picked Austin Cendrick. Whatever. I picked Chase So, Briscoe. Zach, you have left on the table both of my picks. Okay. I am picking Austin Cendrick. God damn it! <laughs> I am so stupid. Who are you picking? Austin Dillon for Cup? You got Austin Hill, Austin Cendrick? <laughs> No. All right. Well, I know not. who's winning the cup. Wait, well, I can't pick first. Well, you know. Fuck! Yeah, I get to pick first for cup. All right, go ahead and pick. That, that would have been funny. If this was Texas, maybe I would have went with Austin just for the joke. Because, um, you know, he won Texas earlier. So, for the cup race... Please just pick. Um... <laughs> I'm so nervous. I'm so <laughs> stupid. I'm going to do so bad this round. My... Oh, God, whatever. So, this has been... This is going to be my 16th straight year of going to the Kansas Fall Race in person. And I've seen a lot of races there. But so you the know person what the fuck who, you're talking about. I hope so. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Denny Hamlin won this race in the spring, and it was cooler temperatures. It was a night race. Uh, Denny Hamlin has two wins at Kansas now, one in the day, Stop. one at night. Um <laughs> And Denny. so I am going with Denny Hamlin. Denny, no! <laughs> no! Um, Denny Hamlin is going to punch his ticket the right away. You're sweeping the weekend. <laughs> I hope so. This is my this is my track, baby. Um, yeah, that's my pick: Austin Hill, Austin Cindric, and Denny Hamlin. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I wow. Who you got, Zach? I don't know. I'm looking you at the race have... results from the July race. <laughs> you still have some good picks in there. That that's true. Um, why is this? Hold on, this is not very good. Okay. Um. Hmm. I could go with Kevin Harvick. I was thinking about Kevin Harvick, but Brad... Kevin Harvick has won the fall race several times. As has Truex and has Logano. He... Yeah. That seems like cap. It's not Cap. But I think Brad has got it. Brad? He has stolen a couple Kansas races exactly. before. I think we're going to get some crackhead shit. It is Kansas. Some and weird finished, shit happened. He sometimes. finished second in July. That's why I picked him. Um, mm. I thought I was picking Kevin Harvick, <laughs> but I think Kevin Harvick will win Texas. So, hopefully, hey, maybe. Here's the best scenario for me. Denny Hamlin mm. doesn't win, but still finishes better than me, so then I can pick Harvick for Texas. Damn, you're playing strategy right now, dude. I'm playing the long game. <laughs> so the point standings for us right now, this is accurate. I've made sure like five times. Um, you have 26 points, and I have 17. I made a big gain last week. Um, you have picked six race wins correctly, and I have picked four. Um, it's getting kind of close. If yeah. I sweep the weekend like you're saying I might, which I don't know if I will, you have some pretty good picks too. 
Um, this could be real close. Yeah. I have to say, making these picks on the podcast is actually making watching the races a little bit more fun. Yeah, same. Like, like you were actually cheering for Kevin Harvick when you were going for three for three. I know. I feel invested <laughs> into it now. Yeah, this has been fun. Um, I'm trying to look at the F1 calendar to see like when it ends, like for this year, because mm-hmm. I don't know how many. Like, so we have four Cup races left. We have four. I think we have four races left in the three NASCAR series. We have one IndyCar race left, so that's like. Uh, 13. Which is next weekend is IndyCar. And apparently we have six F1 races left. So we still have a lot of races left to go. Yeah. A lot of points on the board. So but so I had a... I, when I was asking people on Twitter what we should do, one person said we should make our championship four picks. Oh, yeah, we should do that. Because I, I know I know who's going to be in the championship four. I know. So I have it uh, right above our race picks in our Google Doc. Okay. Do you just want to just list them all off at once, or should we just pick one at a time? I, I can go one first, because I have my reasoning okay. down. Okay, so, cool. I know who's going to win the races. Well, kind of. Um, so, <laughs> okay. I know Denny Hamlin's going to win this weekend. Right. Okay. Um, I know that Kevin Harvick's going to win Texas. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm writing these in the way I write in our 2003 things. I. So, here's the thing about Martinsville. Mm-hmm. Martin Truex Jr. is currently the king of Virginia short tracks. But Joey Logano has been really good at the fall race at Martinsville. And I think we're going to get a rematch of the 2018 race between them for who's going to win that race. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, I feel like Brad Kislowski, I just feel like he's going to have enough points to where Logano and Truex are going to need to beat each other to get into the fourth spot. I might be wrong. I just feel like Truex has been too inconsistent and even maybe Logano has been too inconsistent. Um, I think Logano... Right now, Keselowski is plus 13 going into Kansas. And where's Logano and Truex? Logano is minus 5, Truex is minus 10, and Chase Elliott is plus 5. Yeah, I just feel like... Truex and Logano, I think they need... I don't think they're going to be able to make up the points gap on Kislowski. So I think Kislowski is going to get it on points. And I think it's going to be either Truex or Logano at Martinsville getting it in. Now, mm-hmm. which one do I pick? Like, who's going to win the race? Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe Logano? I'm, I'm kind of feeling Logano because I a think... damn more. Well, Truex damn is... More. <laughs> because here's the thing. Truex doesn't learn from stuff like that. He's not going to... He's going to race Logano the same way that he raced him the mm-hmm. last time. Um, and if Joey needs to do something aggressive to get into the championship four, he will. So I think Logano... Like he'll, he'll do it. Yeah. I think the Martinsville race is playing right into Logano's hands because having that race at the first of the round means like... He might, like, he kind of has to hold back a little bit because he can't just mm-hmm. piss everyone off. Even though he will, but. Um, yeah. But that's my picks, and I yeah, will predict the champion when we get there. But I So think, let me uh, yeah. just skip this. I have Hamlin. I have Harvick. Yeah, I think everyone has Hamlin and Harvick because, again, I think the next two races are going to be won by those two. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah. I think Martinsville is going to be um, the key here. And, you know, Keselowski's really good at Martinsville, too. Um, I'm That's tw- a good point. I don't think... I don't think you're going to see two Penske cars make it to Homestead. That's fair. But I, I do think you're going to see there's always some bullshit that happens with a playoff driver. Um, and then they're like in a hole and they have to go into Martinsville and win. And I think you're going to see Keselowski because he's currently above. I think Keselowski going to have an issue of some sort. He's been very off. He sucked at Vegas. I can see that actually now that you mention it. So I think I'm giving Kozlowski too much credit. Yeah, I think you know he could still steal a win. Yeah, I mean he he always finds a way. Mm-hmm. So I think I think Kozlowski's going to have an issue either at Texas or Kansas. Um, so I think Logano will get in on points, and I think the race at Martinsville is actually going to be between Chase Elliott and Truex. Oh, Kozlowski's going to be there too. But Chase Elliott has been very, very good at Martinsville. So you don't as think Keselowski's well. going to make it? I don't. I wow. think Keselowski's going to have issues at Kansas or Texas because he sucked at Vegas. I can kind awful. of see that because I feel like Logano has been on it lately. Yeah, I think, and I saw a tweet the other day. Logano has made the Final Four every other year. That's true. Um, and this would be another year that he'd make it in if mm-hmm. that trend were to continue. Yeah. Um. But my final pick, if I had to choose between Truex and Elliott, I think you're going to see Truex in there. I I think, but you know, Elliott has shown more um, will to fight back. Yeah. But I don't think it's enough to make the final four yet. I think next year, though, Chase Elliott, He's been too with, all these road, with all these road courses, Chase Elliott next year is going to have plenty of playoff points to make it to phoenix yeah he'll have plenty of playoff points as long as he can yeah not have to rely on the roval because i think by the time we get to the roval next year they're gonna have chase figured out but he's mm-hmm. still gonna do good there like he might not win but he'll still like be really yeah good. um so yeah I, my final my final four sorry to cut you off is uh no, camlin harvick logano and truex i like your reasoning um yeah Truex, I just feel like Truex has just been off this year a little bit. And Kislowski, Kislowski, I think the thing about Kislowski is if he gets the Phoenix, I think he can win the championship low-key. Because he's been, again, at mm-hmm. Richmond, he was really good. Um, he's just yeah. really good with low downforce. And I kind of forgot why, you know, he's really good at Martinsville. So he, I think, and Kislowski's also good at Kansas. And there is a chance he could yeah. win Kansas. So... You know, I Truex think... is Truex is very very good at Kansas. Like when he was at MWR, even that's true. I remember that he was always running really good there. He has several wins. Logano has several wins. Harvick, they all four of my picks have several wins at Kansas. Mm-hmm. And I think Texas, you know, that's just kind of a given. I think that's gonna be Harvick. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's won the last three races, the, the yeah. four races, which I didn't realize. So. But even if he doesn't, he still has enough points. Yeah. Um, as long so, as they don't have, like, catastrophic failures in, like, stage one, right. they don't get any stage points, I think they'll be fine. Like, maybe it's just my bias, because Kansas is the track I go to all the time. But I think Kansas and Martinsville are more important uh, for the playoffs. Texas is just kind of going to be who can beat Kevin Harvick, and or can yeah. you beat Kevin Harvick? So, we'll see. Yeah, well, Texas also, again, has a dirty air problem. Um yeah. And its track and position is very it's... important there. 
Mm -hmm. Teams might get caught out on stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely excited for Kansas. Again, colder. It's going to be cold this weekend. So. It's going to be very cold. The I'm Xfinity going race is going to be really good in that case. Well, they got low down for us, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. But um, been a long episode. We've been recording for two hours. I don't know if you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably I do want to say that myself and Jackson, yeah, Jackson Todd. Anyone remember uh, Jackson? We'll both be at the Kansas race this weekend. Um, and Jackson, I believe, is going to be a guest on our podcast next week. Yeah. Um, and Jackson started his own podcast for his school. Um, check that out. Zach, you were a guest on his first episode. It's called oh Sector what? 2. We talked, about, we talked about Kyle Larson. We talked about the whole LGBT thing in motorsports, uh, the pride cars. Go check it mm -hmm. out. I'll link that in the description as well. Um and, and I'm planning, I'm going to be a guest on this podcast next week to talk about, um, I believe the main thing we want to talk about is the COVID, uh, how the tracks have handled the protocols. Oh, yeah, because you've been to a um, lot of races this year. Yeah, I, we're going to talk about the differences between Iowa and Kansas, and because Jackson and I are both at those races. Mm -hmm. And we're also going to talk about Gateway, because I was at Gateway, and just compare, see how the tracks have handled it. It'll be fun. Yeah. I thought about going to Martinsville, um, but the more I think about it, it's the day after Halloween, and I'm I know I'm not gonna be waking up November. Oh 1st man, feeling like going <laughs> for a race. And right. also, I kind of just don't want to do that in the middle of school because mm -hmm. honestly, the semester just feels really busy right now. So I feel that. Yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> Um, also, I don't All really right. want to go to a race in the middle of a pandemic. I just don't feel comfortable with it because yeah. I, my roommate just had a second COVID scare and I'm just like, I'm so tired of it. But, yeah. I'm only going cause I'm being very, very, very cautious about yeah. it. So I'm like, I'm not going to school or anything right now. So yeah, for me, I there's more risk involved because my yeah. mom's very like high risk and my, I live yeah. with four roommates who, and they... They always go home, which, like, I feel like they shouldn't go home all the time because, again, like, pandemic, but I, yeah. I'm home right now, so I can't talk shit. <laughs> if y'all listen to this for some reason, love y'all. Um, <laughs> I, I told them about the podcast, but I don't know if they listen. I don't think they do. But, yeah, um, we should wrap it up. It's been a great episode, though. Great stuff. Again, thank you this for Mark. This has been an awesome episode. Yeah, thank, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark, for coming on. Um, going to enjoy. I, I As much as I hate the playoffs, I do like the drama that's happening so mm -hmm. um it's gonna be interesting to see what happens these next few weeks but yeah um i'm zach i'm alex and we'll see y'all next week take care stay safe and we'll see y'all next time goodbye Good. bye